0: Welcome to Shape by Faith with your host, Teresa Rowe. To find out more about Shape by Faith and Teresa Rowe, please visit shapebyfaith.com or visit the YouTube channel, Facebook, or Instagram. And now, here is Teresa Rowe. Welcome to Shape by Faith, where we shape our bodies and hearts for God's purposes. I am excited about my guest. Her name is Raina Nisus. She understands the joys and the challenges that come from a season of caring. She's helped care for both of her parents during their separate battles with Alzheimer's over a 30-year span. She's able to look back on those days now with no regrets, and she wishes the same for everyone caring for aging parents to help others through this challenging season of life. Raina has written, No Regrets, Hope for Your Caregiving Season, a book that's filled with her own heartwarming stories and practical suggestions for journeying through a caregiving season. I can't wait to hear about this, Raina. Raina is an ICF. Associate Certified Coach with certifications in both life and leadership coaching from the Professional Christian Coaching Institute, as well as a positive approach to care independent certified trainer. She is the host of a season of Caring Podcast, and she's very passionate, and she's an amazing speaker. Raina lives on a farm. We live on a farm too, Raina. She lives in Southeast Kansas with her husband, Ron, and small pack of adorable dogs, she is the baby of her family, but most would never guess that. She's a former teacher and she enjoys crafts of all kinds and spending time with her grandkids most of all. Welcome to Shape by Faith, Raina.
1: Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here with you today.
0: Well, I'm honored to have you on as a guest. So give us your background on what you were doing before caring for your parents.
1: So the question in parents being plural is a little tricky because I was 16 when my mom was diagnosed with Alzheimer's. And so I was being a kid and I didn't have any idea, you know, um, what was coming whenever her diagnosis happened. But my latest caring season has been taking care of my dad who also had Alzheimer's disease. And I was able to be one of the hands-on caregivers for him for four and a half years, though he lived 220 miles from our farm. Wow. So I was teaching part time and running around with my f- farmer on the farm, helping with the books and and all of the fun things that it does that you do when you're, you know, taking care of a farmer. Whenever we reached a point where my dad needed in home care twenty four seven, beyond his sister had been living with him and she needed to leave, and so my husband and I made the adjustment for me to drive up and stay with dad Thursday through Sunday every week. And we did that for over two years. And then the last two years um, we actually had caregivers. I was able to drop to every other weekend to take care of him, but, you know, had a full life and a lot going on um, helping to run the farm and business and, the, and doing training for coach training. Whenever we felt that call to step in and, and help take care of dad. So Full busy life like everyone else, I think, when caregiving called. And I think that's exactly what happens for most people.
0: That's right. Let, let's talk about your faith in Christ. When did you first like you know, realize, I, I really want to live for Christ? So
1: I think I've always felt a very special calling. I have one sister and my parents and my parents made sure I got to church But at a certain point, um, about third grade, I attended, from that point on, attended church alone. So my parents took me and dropped me off and then picked me up. And so my faith has been something that has been just a gift, a total gift from the Lord from the really very beginning. And It really grew to a deeper level when I was in middle school and my best friend moved away and I was so devastated. I saved up my babysitting money and went and visited her over the summer. And she had gotten connected with a really strong youth group. And she was reading her Bible every day. And just that week with her, I fell in love with the Lord and really started being responsible for my own relationship with him. So when I was 16 and found out my mom had the terminal disease of all Alzheimer's, the Lord was my best friend. And he was the one that I cried out to. He was the one that I ran to. And he's been that one for me my entire life. So only with him and his gracious love and compassion have I been able to, you know, journey through this and be able to say, I don't have regrets because we talk about it all the time. And he helps me to make those corrections in life when I need to. So...
0: Well, you're absolutely correct. Your faith is a gift and God gave that to you. He knew your life. He knew you would say yes. And um, that is definitely a gift from early on, especially then in middle school, going deep um, and really turning to the Lord. But again, he knew your plan, but you had to say yes, you know, and submit to him. What were some of your mother's early symptoms and how did you and your family handle this?
1: You know, the thing about Alzheimer's is that you actually start to see symptoms well before it impacts their life. And so oftentimes people are diagnosed with Alzheimer's in the middle stages. And so there's been five to 10 years of things creeping in well before they say, oh, there's a problem. So I have one older sister. She was three years older than me in school. And so there were definitely times when we were together that especially my sister was driving and we were so active. I was a freshman in high school. She was a senior. And so we'd be out doing things. We'd come home and mom would be mad and me be like, oh, what happened? She would forget that we had told her where we were. We played on sports teams together. You know, we weren't doing anything wrong, but She didn't know where we were, which had to have been terrifying for her, but those were some of the things that just weren't adding up. Well, it got even harder for me when my sister went off to college because it was just me home alone. My mom was a stay-at-home mom. My dad was a career man who worked hard and we had a very traditional home. So when mom said that I had done something wrong, dad believed her, of course, and I got in trouble. And so that was so difficult because it just wasn't normal. For us. And so those were the things that I noticed. And later my dad mentioned that I, I don't know what happened because I don't remember it specifically, but I remember he told me that I told him something is wrong with mom. And that is what prompted the conversations that led to her being tested. So when I look back at the calendar, there were notes Everywhere we had a desk calendar in the kitchen where we would write down where my ball games were and what time I had different things going on at church or anything I was doing. And if I look back at those, they were just covered with notes and the same note more than once. And I think mm-hmm. my mom just really covered for a really long time for how much trouble she was having. She struggled finding a ballpark where I practiced for years. So she would leave especially early. And sometimes I'd be like, mom, you're here really early. And other times she'd be running a little late, but she had left because she wasn't sure she was going to be able to find it that day. So she did a lot of covering and she certainly didn't talk to me about what was happening. Um, But eventually, you know, then we did get the diagnosis and I'm not sure the, Things didn't really change a lot, honestly, because I just don't think we understood enough what was happening to my mom to realize. So I continued through high school, still having struggles with my mom, feeling like she was lying about me and my dad believing her and that being really hard for me.
0: That would be extremely hard when you're not believed and that's actually happening. So did you do anything to help out your mom? Like when she was diagnosed, like you said, you know, maybe you didn't have enough information. You didn't understand it. Your dad didn't understand it. So when did it get to a point where you both knew there's something, you know, really wrong and maybe we need to do something here?
1: You know, she, at the diagnosis point, they put her on medication. Dad started taking her to um, a place that was doing some testing and kind of monitoring of her progression, but we really didn't talk that much about it. Like I said, life didn't change a whole lot. Now, when I went off to college, I think their life changed a lot. Mom's progression had, had definitely moved along, but dad was seeing things for himself that he hadn't seen before because I was kind of the buffer, you know, in between And honestly, my mom lost her ability to find her words really quickly in this disease in comparison to many people. So I would say when they moved me off to college, I didn't have any of those phone calls from my mom checking in on how I was. I never talked to my mom on the phone when I went to college. And so as I came back home, things were changing. My dad was realizing, okay, you know, she's burning food or she's cooking things that aren't really edible she's struggling more and more each day and within a year of me leaving for college dad took early retirement and stayed home with her full-time and i would say that's when things really started to change she really lost her words and she couldn't communicate with us so we might ask you know hey mom do you want to have a hamburger or chicken she might be able to tell you which one but as far as being able to really share her heart or have those mother-daughter conversations they didn't happen. So, you know, that was a pretty early, um, setback as far as being able to communicate.
0: How old was she Raina?
1: My mom was 53 when she was diagnosed and she lived 12 years with the disease and died at 65.
0: Okay. We're going to take a real quick break right here. And I really got caught up in your story. Now I'm looking at the time we need to take a break. So we'll be back with more Shape by faith. Everyone stay tuned. Welcome back to Shape by Faith. Raina Nysis is my guest and she is an author and she's written No Regrets, Hope for Your Caregiving Season, a book that's filled with her own heartwarming stories and practical suggestions for journeying through a caregiving season. She also has a podcast and it's called A Season of Caring Podcast. And uh, so we're going to hear more about that. But Raina, I was just in your story, um, in that first segment, just really listening to you and listening to your heart. And um, you, you had just said that your mom had passed away. So your mom had lived 12 years with the disease. And then your dad was diagnosed seven years after your mother's passing. Let's, let's talk about that.
1: So my dad took care of my mom in the home. He brought in a one caregiver. He would let me help every now and then I'd come home when I could. He played ball. He was really active. And so I tried to make sure to keep him involved in those things. And so I would stay with mom and help care for her after her passing. Then I actually moved away from the area and was running a small business that my dad and I had bought together. And he called me one day and said, Raina, I'm kind of worried. And I said, Oh, dad, what's up? And he said, I think there's something wrong with my memory. And I said, Oh, dad, I I don't think so. You know, we don't even know what it looks like to grow old normal because Mm -hmm. honestly, my parents, my grandparents were all gone before I was born. So my parents were older parents, but their parents died in their sixties. And so here dad was 72 and I thought, oh, we just don't even know what normal aging looks like. Just go to the doctor, it'll be fine. Mm -hmm. And he was diagnosed with mild cognitive impairment to start with, and then it progressed on into Alzheimer's. So that was devastating to our family because we knew what that looked like. We knew what it was like to have your parent forget who you are and how difficult of a journey that is. Dad did really well for a long time, honestly. His sister lived with him, and they just kind of shared responsibilities. And as we reached bumps in the road. Like the doctor saying, I don't think it's safe for him to drive anymore. We hired help and had them continue to keep him active, but he developed melanoma and had surgery to have that removed. And the surgery went well, but unfortunately he developed MRSA in that wound. And MRSA is uh, a horrible Mm -hmm. infection that can be so hard on people, but especially when you have dementia, it really impacts the brain differently. And so his behaviors, his ability to take care of himself just really dropped suddenly. And his sister was just overwhelmed with the need to care for him. So she let us know something had to change. And my sister and I went looking to place my dad in a memory care unit. Again, I was 220 miles from him and I didn't really want to do that, but I didn't really know that I had any other options. And One day I came home from visiting a memory care unit and I just was in tears. It was Christmas time and my husband was there with me and he's like, what's up? And I said, I just, I can't see it. I cannot imagine him living there. Mm -hmm. And he said, then don't. And I was like, great. What are are we going to do? And he looked at me and he said, Raina, if you need to move here and take care of your dad, then that's what you need to do. Mm -hmm. And that permission to do something different than what just seemed logical <laughs> just opened all the doors for me. And I started to go into action and say, okay, what would that look like? How could I do that? I was teaching part-time and I knew I had those responsibilities, but I was like, what could I do? How could I make this work? And so I got with my sister and said, here's a plan. Would you would you partner with me on this? She lived just three miles from dad. And she's like, sure, we can give it a try. And that was the beginning of, really being able to put my dad's health and happiness at the top and say, we're going to keep you as happy and as healthy, as long as possible. And that's really the filter that we used in all the decisions that we made and how we took care of him in the last four and a half years of his life.
0: Wow. I mean, God, God gave you again, it's a gift. You're a caregiver, you're a nurturer. You love people and you can hear it in your voice. That's why I'm so intrigued with your story too, that God gave you that, but you you also needed help. You also needed, you know, other people to come alongside you. So your, your father, okay. You said that, um, you had gained some weight during caring for your father. So let's talk about that.
1: Yeah, it was challenging. You know, I had my family at home and I would cook for them and prepare things, but then I was on the road a lot that 220 miles was a four hour drive. And so it's easy just to pick up convenient food. And even with dad, to be able to pick up things and enjoy time with him, he loved ice cream. So to have that ice cream with him at night, you know, I found myself just gaining more and more weight because I really wasn't thinking about my own health and my um, how to take care of me. So once I I realized that it was like one day, I just thought, what am I doing? This is not good. I need to, I need to be more intentional about what I'm doing. I found a diet that really worked for me. I'm a person that doesn't like to have a lot of choices. So a protein shake type diet actually really worked. I never thought that it would, but I kind of just didn't have to think about what I was going to eat. Here it is. It's there Mm -hmm. for me. And I was able to lose 60 pounds, also just making sure that I was staying physically active, you know, engaging with things. I found um, body groove online, which they just did different types of dance that really just got me moving. So I found things that I liked and I could do in my situation without having to go to the gym, which actually was part of our routine as well. My dad actually loved. He was very physically active. He played volleyball three times a week. He went to the gym three times a week. So when I was with him, I took him to the gym and instead of just watching him, I started engaging. So I just started making those choices to really be more conscious and aware of how I was taking care of my body.
0: Mm -hmm. You're, you're very self-disciplined. It takes a self-disciplined person to do what you did and God helping, you know, um, all the way that protein shake definitely would work and everything, works a little differently for, for people, what works for you may not work for someone else, but you found what worked and that that's the key and you got moving. So, um, that's awesome. I mean, that should inspire people right now, you know, change your diet, move around a little bit and voila, things start to happen. Um, what was your faith like during, you know, your mother had passed away, you'd cared for her. Now your father, um, and, and you talk about no regrets. Did you feel closer to Christ or what were you feeling during that period of time?
1: Definitely. He was my co worker in the midst of it. You know, for me to be able to get in the car and leave my dad and come back to my family and take care of what needed to be done here, I just had to rely on the Lord. And every time I drove out of that driveway, I would just say, okay, God, He's yours. I know he'll be here when I get back and, you know, really just consciously keep giving him back to the Lord. I am not in control and I really want to (laughs) be, I think all of us (laughs) have that (laughs) feeling. I want it all to go my way. Right. And so I just had to really continually ask myself, okay, Lord, how are things going? How am I, what do I need? How is dad? What does he need? You know, and just really check in. I prayed a lot just in my drive to be able to see more clearly, to not be um, focused only on myself, but rather to really keep in mind everybody that was teaming together, because we did build a large team of people between paid caregivers and lawn care people and people to take care of the house. And you know, doctors that were part of the team. It was not a single person that could do it. It's not possible to caregive by yourself. You really need to look at your team and bring the people around you to support you. But the Lord was definitely my number one support. Um, my husband and, and our faith together was also huge support. And so it was just a process of continuing to feed my soul And to be honest, um, the Psalms are very special to me because those are are my prayers. To be honest, this stinks, Lord. I I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I don't know how to do this. And to really just allow his peace and comfort to overwhelm me um, as much as those other emotions overwhelm me, but to walk away with that confidence that he knows and we're okay.
0: That is so good. We all need to hear that. God is our, you said he's, he's your coworker and he's in the midst of everything you're doing. And when we place God first and foremost, and we cry out to him and I love that you said, I don't, I don't know what I'm doing, but God showed you each step of the way. And, you know, as we're obedient to him, he pours out his blessings and, I know he's poured out his blessings on you in so many different ways. We're going to take a real quick break here. And when we come back, I want to hear all about your book. Okay. So uh, stay tuned for more Shape by Faith, everyone. Welcome back to Shape by Faith. Raina, thank you so much for sharing your story, your caregiving story. Now we, we want to hear all about your book, No Regrets. So tell us about it and why you wrote it.
1: So at my dad's funeral, the director of the day stay that he went to came to me and gave me a big hug and was oh, we're going to miss your dad so much. And she said, you know, you need to write a book. And I was like, oh, whatever. And she said, no, really. She said, how you honored your dad, how you took care of him, you need to share your story. And again, I was like, thanks. That's great. It's a lovely compliment. Let's move along, you know, and as I, the next few months, as I was grieving that loss, Different people spoke into my life and said, Raina, you really need to share what you did. And I honestly, English was my least favorite class. (laughs) I, I don't, I didn't get good grades. I mean, I thought there were B's, but I was Uh A's and everything else, you know, I just thought, oh my gosh, I can't even imagine writing a book. And so for about a year, I wrestled with the Lord about it as I started to refocus my coaching business to offering that support to other people who found themselves in a season of caring. And the Lord just kept saying, you know, I would write newsletters and blog posts and he would be like, you know, just keep writing Raina, because this is going to (laughs) become your book. (laughs) And so he brought the right people into my life. He gave me the opportunity to um, work with a great team that coached me through that process, helped me get that contract. And the day that my book was released in June of 21, I just, I still pinched myself that I'm an author because it's just the last thing that was on my radar. So in no regrets, I share 10 chapters of just things that we learned, medication management, managing people, hiring, firing help, um, finding the doctors, putting the right people on your team, sharing our journey and the things that I learned through our journey. And then the last six chapters, I share how I cared for myself. Mm -hmm. Because what I find is that so many people like I did in the beginning, lose themselves in the caregiving process. And they forget that they're just as important as the person they're caring for. This isn't a contest of who needs to be number one. We both need to be cared for. We both need to be seen and, and make sure that we're doing that. Well, I share with people that I coach, I say, you know, you you are your parents legacy. They would never want you to give up everything to take care of them, Mm -hmm. but they would want you to take care of yourself and your life and honor them at the same time. That balance is hard to find, but it's possible. And that's why I can look back and say, not that I did everything perfectly, but that I don't have regrets because I corrected those things, which I might not have been proud of later. I made sure I stepped into and honored my parents as they walked um, walked all the way home. And that's Mm -hmm. what I wanna encourage other people to do.
0: And I believe you are. Tell us about the Caring Personality Quiz that you created.
1: So I think one of the keys is building that team. And we all want people to think and be just like us, right? (laughs) (laughs) It just doesn't work that way. So I created this quiz called caring quiz and it's, you can take the quiz for free at caringquiz.com. It lets you look at four different personality types and really consider what strengths do you have as that caregiver? And then maybe what other strengths do you have? My sister is a completely different person, but because of her strengths, and my strengths together, we made an awesome team. So learning to see the strengths in others, and maybe even recruit the people that you're missing on your team to balance it out a little bit can be such a crucial thing to help you in your journey.
0: That's good. Okay. You have a podcast, a season of caring. So talk about your podcast.
1: I do. My podcast is an opportunity to offer hope for living, loving, and caring with no regrets. So my heart is to share with you, my listeners, other people that are journeying through caregiving or have journeyed and want to share their nuggets of wisdom. So I interview different people and then as well share my own experiences through the podcast. And I love to be able to offer that, just that dose of encouragement and hope because it's a hard, long journey. I think it's even harder because we don't know how long it's going to be, but we need to remember that we still need to live our own life, that we need to love well, and that caring, you know, we're called to care and that's what he will equip us to do if we stay engaged with this resource of the Lord, I think.
0: Well, you obviously have a very positive outlook on life. Um, You have God at the center of your life, but how do you continue living, okay, your life with no regrets? Because I think so many of us look back and say, you know, I wish that wouldn't have happened and da, 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 and people are still wrestling with that.
1: I think the key is to be doing it consistently, to be coming to the Lord in prayer and asking for forgiveness for those things when we've blown it and being able to offer ourselves forgiveness for when we blew it. Because oftentimes if we're looking back and we're regretting things, we're not allowing ourselves to say, Hey, we were human. We did the best we could do at the time Mm
0: -hmm. and to
1: be able to move forward. So it's not about never doing anything wrong. It's about finding peace in what we did choose to do and being able to find the forgiveness in it to make the bec- next best choice.
0: That's good. Um, what is next for you, Reina? <laughs> that's a great question. <laughs> I don't know. The Lord hasn't told me yet. So at
1: this point, we're on mission to share this message, to really help encourage people who are struggling with, how do I honor my parents and take care of myself? It's a hard balance. So that's Where I am right now is just sharing that word and seeing where he's taking me next.
0: That's good. That is good. Take each day as it comes. Where can people find your book, your podcast, and more information?
1: So my book is available at all major publishers or uh, retail organizations. So you can find it Target. Barnes and Noble, Amazon, all of those places. Podcast is also available on all major podcast platforms. Um, mm-hmm. You can listen on my website at a I have lots of free resources there as well. And the podcast is linked there. So the best place to find me is my website, aseasonofcaring.com.
0: All right. You have been an amazing guest today, Raina. I just really appreciate your heart and your love for others and your caregiving. It's just amazing. But thank you so much for being my guest.
1: Thank you for the opportunity
0: of sharing. Absolutely. And thank you for listening. I'm Teresa Rowe. Everyone have a blessed day. Thank you for listening to Shape by Faith with Teresa Rowe. Remember to visit shapebyfaith.com to find out more about workouts, the TV show, podcasts, blogs, shape by Faith products, and much more.